Welcome to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Every week, I host live chats via our YouTube channel with leaders in the AFL and high-performance industries. Join me live every Sunday at 6pm where I debrief the recent chats and announce the upcoming guests. We drop an inspiring and educational episode every Monday. If you like the show, please follow us on your favourite podcast app. Next on the show, we have Ben Frith, the high-performance manager of the St Kilda Football Club. He'll be discussing how to periodise your recovery. Thanks for jumping on, Ben. Thanks for having me, mate. Thanks for the, uh, the opportunity to speak. Uh, it's good to have you back on. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll dive straight into it. What does it mean to periodise your recovery for those that well, haven't heard that? Well, I guess before. it's the same as sort of periodising your training. So if we think about what periodisation is, you know, dividing training, your training into sections where you're manipulating your training variables to improve your performance, periodising your recovery is very much um, the same thing. So, you know, in the pre-season, you know, when we're trying to push physical adaptation, um, maybe recovery takes a bit of a backseat. Um, it's certainly what I try and tell, tell our players. But, you know, when you get to in-season, when, you know, the priority is recovering from, from a game to get ready for the next week, um, it certainly sort of becomes um, more of a focus. Um, I think that sort of gets lost a little bit sometimes is that the pre-season is about pushing physical development. Yes, fatigue and soreness are a part of that, but, you know, they aren't, they aren't the end of the world. Oftentimes, yeah, they're a result of hard training, but, um, you know, we shouldn't necessarily shy away from them all the time. Um, and if, you, if you've got a well-structured training week, you would hope that your sessions are far enough apart that you don't need to be going into anything other than you know, good, good sleep, good nutrition, um, good rehydration um, to prepare for your next session. So, yeah, I guess it's just sort of, you know, prioritising your recovery um, for, the, for the appropriate part of the year. Yeah, awesome, mate. That, that's a, a good segue for... Um, is there any recovery methods that can pay detriment to that physical development in pre-season? Like yeah, the big, the big one is sort of cold water immersion for strength and power. Like if, you're, if you've got your main gym session, your main lower body gym session for the week, and then you're immediately going jumping in a, a cold water bath or you're going down to the beach when it's pretty cold, um, you know, spending 10, 15 minutes in 10 to 12 degree water, um, there's pretty good research to show that you're going you're gonna, to um, blunt that strength and power adaptation so it can be um yeah detrimental the sort of the hard bit comes from more of a cultural point of view um you know from a professional standards point of view a lot of coaches love to push that stuff and recovery often falls into that um Mm -hmm. it can just take a bit of education to the playing group around you know when when to use some things um and when to sort of just continue to use the big rocks of sleep nutrition um and and rehydration yeah awesome so it's not like um it, it's specific to your phase that you're in. So it's not like you're not recovering when you're in pre-season. It's just understanding that. Yeah, um, exactly right. Like exactly right. As we'll jump in the ice bath after a game, um, you might hold off on the ice bath just to get maximise your development in the work you're doing in the gym. Yeah, spot on. And it's not to say that, you know, you don't, like I, I don't tell the girls, don't do any recovery, don't do any cold water baths um, throughout the pre-season. There might be, there might be one, one week, in, in the block, that say, I'll say to the girls, hey, look, you know, this is going to be a really hard, this is going to be a hard week. Um, we've got um, two really big sessions to, to um, bookend the week, one at the start, one at the end, you know, do everything in your power to, to recover from those sessions. Um, but then we'll go into a deload um, and hopefully they feel pretty fresh again. And then we build again for you know, another three or four weeks. And in that, again, in that fourth week, we're saying, hey, girls, you know, it's going to be a pretty hard week. Make sure you're on top of all your big rocks and then, you know, sort of throw... Anything else, that, anything else that you feel that works for you um, to get yourselves up and ready for those training sessions. And from a routine point of view, 
um, let's say for in season for the footballers that are currently playing, um, are you big on having a set routine? Um, you know, each day there's a theme of of, of a type of recovery that an athlete does because they they like that theme, or is it good to have variation? Should it depend on the game that you played and, and the dynamics of that game? Take us through sort of for well, SNC's prescribing recovery, I guess. That's, that's a good question. Um, I. It's sort of a personal belief. I, I sort of just think there should be a routine just so, so it sort of takes the decision-making out of it post-game. You know, you need to you know, you need to replace one and a half times um, body weight lost with fluid. You know, you need to get about 30 grams of, of protein. In. You know, you need to get, I think it's 1.5 um, grams per body weight of carbs. Um, obviously, sleep's hugely important. Um, it's good to see that that's sort of come in vogue over the last five to 10 years. Um, and then outside of that, like, yeah, cold water um, immersion and those Normatec boots and all that sort of stuff gets talked about a lot. But, you know, 80% of the, the benefits of recovery are going to come from those big rocks. Um, mm-hmm. I would certainly encourage our girls to, to use a cold water immersion or go to the beach or just get in some water and move around. Um, I think movement gets a bit, a bit lost at times in, in the recovery space. Um, and probably the other big one is, like, mentally um, recovering from the game, you know, and that's that's going to look different for everyone. Um, you know, some people love to go walk their dog, grab a coffee, or go spend time with their friends or family, or read a book, or you know, get out in nature, or video games, or whatever it may be for the individual. But I think that's that's a hugely important piece that that often gets missed. Um, you know, professional sport or semi-professional sport um, can get pretty demanding at times. Um, it can get pretty stressful. Um, you know, as as a for those who are becoming more and more professional. It's getting more and more media coverage. Um, you know, it's a good, good and a bad thing. Um, so I think it's hugely important that you know, as our seasons grow and as the pre-seasons get longer and harder, that you take take time and that sort of clubs in general sort of try and plan. You know, a four-day break. I know the men have four-day breaks scheduled into their their pre-season. They're they're mandated in. Um, I think it's really important to give mentally more than anything, particularly with the rumours around. You know, our next season starting in four. To, well, pre-season starting in about a month um yeah. it's pretty important that the girls come back mentally fresh probably more so than physically fresh um so that, that'll look pretty different for every individual and it's you know you need to sort of figure out what works best for you um, throughout your career um and i'd say it's probably pretty similar out, outside of the big rocks as well like you know i've had some athletes um in my time here that just hate cold water cold water immersion like just absolutely detest it so is it really worth the fight to get them to go into the beach for 10 minutes when it's going to stress them out even more or you know do we find something that that better works for them whether it be some um some compression garments or massage or you know something else if it's if they really hate it that much is it really worth the fight to getting them to do it when you know it'll help but probably not as much as if you do the other three things right yeah that's awesome that's like particularly if they're not bought into it how much how effective is it really going to be and yeah that's the psychological side it's a great point. Like all, all the that sort of extra stuff is it's it's placebo or not? It's not just placebo, but it, it plays a big role. If you're mm. you know adamant that ice baths work great for you and they make you feel a million bucks, or you know a sauna makes you feel better, or you know, the normal tech boots, or you know you've just got something that works for you, keep doing that. It's it's mm. as important as um, not as important, but it's just important that the player believes in what's in that recovery method um, than what necessarily evidence suggests. Like the big rocks yeah. are the big rocks. That, that's where you'll get the most, the most bang for your buck. That's where um, your best 
spending all your time or the vast majority of your time. Um, outside of that, play around, experiment with some things. The preseason's a great time to try some different things after some some pretty hard sessions to see what helps you bounce back. I'm sure this is a hard one to answer, but for, for the um, girls and boys listening, just for an idea of what, what the St Kilda girls would do, um, how, how much time would they dedicate to recovery post a game, do you think, roughly speaking? Uh, Post-game, it can often be pretty challenging. We don't play in the best the best venues all the time. Um, so the options can be can be pretty limited. Um, which I guess I guess uh, you know if there's young young players listening that they're not they're not going to be playing at the MCG with ice baths available and all that stuff as well. Um, so it's often often we have to tell the girls, look, you know, you need to go get your own stuff done. It's great if we're playing at home, we've got two or three recovery baths. They can go and do hot colds. Um, that's great if we're at home. Um, if we're traveling, uh, we played a game at uh, this year out of Blacktown. Midweek game, it was middle of, it was middle game of three games in eight days. Thanks, COVID. Um, and yeah. we had to jump straight on a bus. Like we had to be to the airport in, I think it was an hour. And it was like an hour, yeah, I think it was 90 minutes post post game and it's like a 45 minute Jeez. bus trip. So there's, there's not much you can do. There's, there's not much you can do there. It's just have read, read yoga on the bus. Get some food, get some food in, um, try and relax. Um, and then, yeah, when you get home, or not even when we go home because it was about midnight, but uh, the next day, that's that's when we, you know, go to the pool, um, try and get moving, go to an icy, do a hot cold. Um, yeah, it can. It's often not um, perfect uh, mm. in terms of time. It's at least half an hour, sort of by the time it all wraps up. You include yep. weighing in and out of out of the game. Um, by the time they get their food in, they they rehydrate. Um, they go and do their ice bath. Yeah, it's, it, it'd be at least half an hour, and then often the girls would go do another another ice bath or they'd go walk down the beach or go do something the next day. Um, but sort of after you know 24 hours, 36 hours post game, it's sort of time to start reloading again for the week and sort of shift the focus from recovering from the game that's just gone into getting some good loading in for the week coming. Yep. And then um, for the coaches listening in that haven't prescribed recovery sessions before or facilitated, um, what would be some of your advice, I guess, actionable, practical advice for when uh, a team has had a pretty hard loss? You mentioned the psychology effect of, of, uh, of recovery too. So they've had a bit of a hard loss. It's an emotional game. Uh, and you've got to run a recovery session. What sort of vibe and and how, how does that influence your prescription in those circumstances? I think that probably the first thing is you've got to try and shift the focus from what's just happened to to what's coming. Um, mm-hmm. You know, speaking about that GWS game we had, we lost to a, a pretty contentious free kick um, that resulted in a goal kicked after after the siren to win. So yeah, it was very quickly right. That's done. Let's shift our focus to the next game. It was probably a, a good thing in that instance that we we're playing again in four days because we just have to. We just had to move on. We couldn't dwell. Um, probably the biggest thing is just a bit of education. I know you know it's not always a, a football coach's um, responsibility to educate their players on um, physical development and um, recovery and nutrition and all those things. But you know a little bit of a little bit of education can go a long way. And just sorting a bit of placing some emphasis on it. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of what to do, again, I'll, I'll go back to the big rocks. Um, and probably if you're at if you're at lower levels of of footy, try and limit your alcohol consumption post games. Pretty good one. It dehydrates you. It doesn't. It's not great for tissue repair. Um, you know, eight eight plus hours sleep. Again, 30, 30 plus um, grams of protein. Plenty of carbs. 
rehydrate 1.5 times your body weight lost. Um, and then, as I said, sort of encourage the players to experiment from there. You know, do they like cold water immersion? Do they find it helps um, experiment with hot colds? Um, if you've got access to the normal tech boots, have a go at those. Otherwise, you know, two XU compression garments, pretty good. There's some pretty good evidence to show that they, they do have a benefit. Um, and then also experiment with, as I was saying before, that sort of mental side, you know, find out what helps does. Is it going for a round of golf? Is it walking your dog to get a coffee in the morning or, you know, seeing your mates the night of the game or, you know, the afternoon after the game, something like that. Just with, with that more uh, peripheral stuff, experiment, see, see what works for you. Mm-hmm. And we've spent a fair bit on post-game, um, which you've yeah, thoroughly provided a lot of information for athletes and coaches, which is great. Thanks, mate. What about for uh, day one post and, and day two? Uh, where, where do you start to see as a high-performance manager where the recovery starts to shift towards more performance preparation to to the next game? You know, if you use sort of a typical Saturday to Saturday schedule, you know, often yeah. you play on Saturday and then you play and get on Saturday. Um, Sundays, obviously, we're not going to be at the club. But that's that's big recovery day. Um, Monday, we might do like a, a light flush run. Might be thirty seconds on, thirty seconds off, real slow. We might play some some really low level games, bit of a mobility circuit in the gym. Um, if some girls are really struggling, they'll get get a massage, um, or they might even go do another um, ice bath if if they find that it helps them. And then it's really Tuesday that we look that we look to start loading them up again. Um, you know, we'll start to do it. Or we won't hit top speed, but we'll probably do an Axel-based um, session in the warm-up. And then Tuesday's normally our traditional, um, you know, prime lower body gym session for the week. It's where we get all our heavy loading. We do all our eccentric hammy loading in there. Um, and then, yeah, sort of on, on from there, we normally we normally a Tuesday-Thursday um, structured week. Thursday's normally our main on-field session, and it's our sort of our priming session in the gym. And then... We don't do a captain's run, but I know a lot of clubs do. will do a captain's run on the Friday and then yeah, roll around into game day again. Awesome, yeah. So that's uh, so there is, on Tuesday, it's not like you're getting nothing out of it from a physical point of view. You're getting good recovery, but you're also uh, working hard in the gym. So for, for athletes out there, um, the, the mindset isn't transferring from that on-field work to, to in the gym. You want to get that hard session early in the week away from your game. How important is that? Yeah, it's huge. I, I guess it's something that, you know, when, when I was saying before that um, – you know, when we move in season, the, the the focus shifts more to the recovery side of things. But that doesn't mean that you completely neglect getting some good loading in both on field um, and in the gym when the opportunity presents itself. Like if you've got an eight day break, eight or nine day break, if you're playing on a happy playing on a Friday night, or you know, you're playing on a, a Saturday and then your next game's on a Sunday, um, it's a good chance for you to get some good loading in that week. You you good chance you'll get two good footy sessions in that week. You can get two good gym sessions in at the very least. Um, it's just really in the first, you know, 24 to, well, certainly 24, but 40, 48 to, well, that'd be 72 hours post game. Um, mm-hmm. You just sort of need to be on top of your recovery stuff. But, you know, once you sort of get past that, you can really start to get some good load into, into yourself or into your, into your players. Fantastic. Awesome, mate. Well, that wraps it up nicely. Thanks for, for your time, mate, and, and sharing all your experience and knowledge with us. Um, for those that want to uh, get in contact, whether it be for some work experience like Jordy had mentioned, which was uh, nice of him, or or uh, just to pick your brain some more, where's the best place to get in contact? Uh, I am on Instagram. I don't reckon I've posted in about a year. I've sort of dropped the ball a bit there. Uh, I think I'm 
Ben, hang on, let me let me get out. I think it's Ben. I thought I haven't off. seen your power cleans recently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good one, good one, well played. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Ben Frith dot S and C, and then I think yep. my Twitter is. I think it's Frithy I'll thirty-five. Find him and, it might yeah, be my I'll, game I'll, I'll I in the show notes. Yeah. Now I am on LinkedIn, but I don't really look at LinkedIn LinkedIn much. And then Twitter, Twitter, Twitter or Instagram is the best place to get me. Twitter and Instagram, we'll add it in the show notes. And then where's the best place in Australia to go mountain bike riding? Oh, definitely, definitely down in Tassie. If you ever get a chance to go down to Tassie and go to Medina, it is unreal. Just don't break your back hitting a tree. There you go. <laughs> Top tip. Awesome. Cheers, Ben. If you enjoyed this episode and want even more, our academy is for you. The Prepare Like a Pro Academy is a platform that hosts exclusive features and bonus content such as a Q&A segment aimed at getting to know the guests on a more personal level. Here's an example with Emily Meehan, head sports dietitian from Collingwood Football Club. What are things that, that fire you up? Oh, this one is always, uh, so I suppose it is, um, it'll be topical for most people, I think, but staying in your lane. And I yep. often find that with nutrition, everyone eats, so everyone has an opinion. And I think that's what really gets me fired up um, because so many people try and provide nutrition advice based on their end of one experience when they did intermittent fasting or keto or whatever it might be. And then game changes, yeah, game changes, whatever that might be. And look, it probably keeps me in a job, but that it does drive me insane because sometimes the information can be so detrimental um, and opposite to what I've been working with my athlete or athletes and, you know, and because they hear it on someone's socials or through a documentary, it unravels everything that I've been working with an athlete for. Yeah, yeah. Another feature of our academy is the opportunity each week to join myself as co-host on the Prepare Like a Pro live chat show. Here's an example with Academy member Rama Davies, the friendly conditioning coach at the Box Hill Hawks. Welcome, Rama, to the chat. Uh, Rama has also worked at, at Box Hill, or currently he's working at Box Hill Hawks with us, awesome. so he's another Box Hill man uh, in the strength and conditioning department. So I'll handle it over to you, Rama, to, to ask you a question, mate. Thanks for joining us. Excellent. Thanks, Jack. And, yeah, thanks, um, thanks Sam, for the chat. It was uh, I found it to be really insightful, plenty of gems in there. Um, and I enjoyed it a lot. Um, mate, my, my question to you was you spoke a, a, quite a bit about um, perspective during that chat. Um, and I was wondering what are some of the things that you either know or um, do physically that um, you wish you either knew or did uh, back at the beginning of your career? Uh, what are some of those things? Mm. Yeah, good question. Um, yeah, so I suppose with perspective on life, um, that sort of point, um, it yeah certainly yeah has been massive for me now, and and didn't probably have that as much um, when I was younger. Um, I suppose one thing I might mention is is gratitude. I spend a lot of my mm. time um, doing a lot of gratitude exercises, listening to podcasts doing a, a journal every day just a bit to say what I'm grateful for sort of three things and um, that's a fantastic way that I've been able to yeah like reset and and just kind of gain that gratitude and perspective about 
you know, that there is more to life than football or, you know, might be whatever, as an SNC coach, you know, if something's, if you're having a hard time, um, it can be massive with just, yeah, opening your eyes a little bit and losing that sort of tunnel vision or being stuck in that in that work bubble. Um, yeah. So that's that's been huge. Um, I think I wish back then when I was younger, I asked more questions and was a bit more open to different things. Mm. I think I was a bit single-minded back then and, um, you know, I thought there was one way of doing things and um, if I kind of didn't have that fear, of you know asking a silly question or fear of judgment it would have got me a lot further and i probably would have learned a lot quicker um and yeah. and yeah like just yeah being open to sort of different things um because you never know what you might find it's just yeah there's so many people like great people out there knowledgeable people to learn off and there's plenty more where that came from if you would like to learn more then enter patreon.com forward slash prepare like a pro or head to the link in our show notes Thank you for listening to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. If you like this episode, it'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, give a review, or even share with your mates. The show is recorded in Melbourne, Australia. Be sure to follow our Instagram page for all updates on our latest and greatest. If you would like to get in touch to suggest a guest or advertise with the Prepare Like a Pro podcast, please email me at jack at preparelikeapro.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.